This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. Hello and welcome to Culture Check, a Tailgate Society podcast. Please check the TailgateSociety.com and subscribe to Tailgate Society podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm Arnold Woods, and I'm joined, as always, by Emily Cornell. Emily, what's going on? You know, it's the 4th of July. It's one of the better holidays, mostly because it's in the summer, and that means you can day drink, and it's socially acceptable. How are you doing? I'm good. Did you have a little... What were you drinking today? Um, I drank beer and ate pizza. I It was like being the ultimate American, I felt. Um, my parents were all disappointed in me when I said I was eating pizza and not grilling but i'm like we actually don't have a grill and cooking meat is not my strong suit so we ordered pizza that's funny we were talking about this before i um my wife and i went to my wife's parents house in ames and they made pizza like um my mother-in-law made some pizza in the oven and i had exactly one beer today so love it i'm the same we were it was, it was a beer and pizza day today I love this journey for us. Did you all get to like pick your own toppings for the pizza or was it like one specific type of pizza? We had a couple of different things. Nice. Um, so they made two pizzas, like one for my wife and her mom. And then the other was for uh, me and my father-in-law and ours had pepperoni on it. And then theirs had like veggies on it. So very healthy. Yeah. I love a pepperoni pizza. I'm just really plain like that. Like, I don't need a lot of, like, fancy. Like, I can I can go with, like, mushrooms and some other stuff. This is a pizza podcast, by the way. I love that. Listening. But I'm I'm pretty strong pepperoni fan over here, so. It's really hard to mess up a pepperoni pizza. Like, it's just such a classic snack. I, that's what we'd, like, go eat after going to the bars when I was in college. Oh, same. <laughs> like, it was $2 to get a slice of pizza, and it was perfect. I assume exactly. it's the same in Ames. It was, yeah. There was um, uh, the street, like they had the. It's called the Super Dog for those. Yeah, the, did you have a did you have a Super Dog when you? So were I didn't have a Super Dog, but I've like been to the little like cart and like yeah. my friends got one. But I was like, I've eaten everything else in this town. I can yeah. also eat a hot dog. And then Jeff's Pizza. I think they had slices. Like I was more of actually a burrito person. Late, I went mm-hmm. to. Um, when I got to Iowa State, it was called Flying Burrito. Then they changed it to Fighting Burrito. But um, yeah, I was I was a big burrito person. Like that very slight drinking. change. Yeah, we we won't get into my my post um, my post bar eating stories. Some of them were embarrassing. Let's get into the topic. <laughs> yeah, I can think I can think of no better uh, no better movie to talk about. A movie that begins with the burning of an American flag. Into the letter X on the 4th of July here, we're talking about the movie Malcolm X, and we are talking specifically about Denzel Washington's performance in the movie Malcolm X. This is the first of our series where we talk about performances in, black, performances in movies by Black actors and actresses. 
um, that we want to highlight. And so we're starting with Denzel in Malcolm X, which came out in 1992, directed by Spike Lee. Is there anything that you want to, before we like dive deep into the movies, is there any, like, what were kind of some of the, some of the things that you thought about when you saw the movie? Was this your first time seeing the movie? This wasn't your first time, was it? No, this was the first time I watched this movie. And afterward, I called my dad because he loves Spike Lee movies. And he was like, one, I'm surprised you watched this. Um, I was like, well, I did. It's for a podcast. And I, it's, um, I feel like it's a movie that's like very hyped and not in the way, like when we talked about the dark Knight, how it was hyped, but just like people talk about Denzel and they're just like, Oh yeah. Like Malcolm, when he was in Malcolm X and like all of this and like Denzel Washington is already an actor that people like have like such high praise for because he's a very good actor. Um, so I like thought about that going into this movie, um, because very honestly, um, I've not seen a lot of movies with Denzel Washington in him. Um, they're very outside of the very narrow scope of movies I typically will watch. Um, if I'm picking a movie for myself, if someone, if I'm like with someone who's like, oh yeah, let's watch this movie or someone else says something like I'm open to most movies, unless it's a horror movie and I don't really want to be scared, but like, um, I feel like Denzel Washington's in like very serious roles and it works because he's a very strong actor. Um, and I love it for him. I'm like, yes, representation matters. I will support you financially and like try to pay attention to this movie, but like probably will not actively choose it. Um, so that going into that watching Malcolm X, um, knowing that it is like a more serious movie and a longer movie. Um, like I knew it was going to be a well done movie with Denzel, with Spike Lee. Um, but other than that, I didn't really know what to expect from it in terms of like, like I tried not to read anything to be like, what is, I mean, obviously, uh, spoiler alert, Malcolm X dies at the end of the movie, um, <laughs> which was something that I was like, okay, this is all I know is that he shot um and I knew that he like became Muslim and so I was like it's probably going to involve that in this movie but I did not realize it would talk about or like show his life before that before he went to prison and converted um because I'm more familiar with that mostly because I hear people when they complain about Malcolm X as like a person, um, they're like, oh, he was extremist because he's Muslim, blah, 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 blah. Like, why can't people just be like MLK? So that then is where my head's at when I'm thinking about Malcolm X. Um, you had seen this movie before. So what was re-watching it kind of like? Yeah, I have. I, I, I saw the movie when I, was a, when I was a kid. And I think that this might've been the first time that I sat down and watched the entire movie all the way through. Because wow. it is, it's a very long movie. It's, it's over three hours and 20 minutes long. And um, I mean, that includes all of the end credits and everything like that, but mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's well over three hours long. And I remember certain passages of the movie more than I remember the movie as a, as a narrative itself. I was, I was thinking about um, as you were talking and then as I, as I was preparing for this podcast and preparing to watch the movie, I was thinking about my relationship to Denzel Washington and his movies and his relationship to like the American culture as a movie star. And then his relationship specifically to black audiences. I think that he's kind of, 
Um, he's our guy in a sense. Uh, we were talking before we started recording about how uh, undertaking an endeavor like breaking down performances from black actors and actresses in movies is complicated just right off the bat because there aren't a lot of them comparative mm-hmm. to the amount of movies that Hollywood makes. I'll, I'll talk specifically about American film because that's what, you know, that's the context in which we're, we're doing this mostly. Um, comparative to the, the amount of movies that Hollywood puts out, there just isn't, you know, you, you kind of have to go searching for, for movies with black leads. And so when I think of Denzel Washington, this is the first movie that always comes to mind. And I, I was three years old when the movie came out. So I didn't really, I'm sure I didn't see it for the first time until I was probably 10 or 11. And um, just watching it is, and I didn't, I, I sat, I had to split it over two days. I, I started it at night on Tuesday, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, and then thir- finished it the next morning. Um, but to sit and watch the narrative like that, um, quote unquote, all at once, it was it was a really interesting experience. And I'll, I'll we'll get into a little bit more specifics later. But um, it, it's it's it it defines epic. When I think of epic movies, like this is what I what I think of. And watching it when I did this week, I was just like, this it's such a it covers such a vast timeline of the of a life of one man and of one figure. And to do that with a figure as rich as someone as Malcolm X is gonna take a long time. And so I think that this is just like the the movie's runtime is indicative of, of the type of man that um, that the movie's about, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, after watching, I was trying to think about how it would be possible to trim it down um, just so it's like more digestible because it is like very, very rich in terms of telling like his story. Um, the storytelling is really great. But I'm like, man, <laughs> this movie can be broken down. Um, but I like told a friend, I was talking to a friend while I watched it, where I was like, oh, this movie's very long. Um, and he's like, well, there weren't really like mini series in 1992. I can't like speak from experience. I wasn't alive. Um, and neither was the friend I was talking to. Um, but I'm like, oh, it's true. Like mini series are like more of a thing now where you can really dig into telling a story about someone like Malcolm X. Like, I think if Spike Lee were to make it now, he could do like a five-part miniseries. And like this three over three-hour movie was like longer. <laughs> I was reading an article after watching it where I was like, oh, this movie could have been longer. And like, it makes sense. There's a lot happening in this man's life. For sure. I, uh, I, I saw an interview with him uh, from last year when he was promoting the movie Black Klansman. And have you seen, there are these uh, videos, I think from like Vanity Fair, maybe your GQ does them. And it's like actors breaking down their careers. Um, this one was one with like directors breaking down their careers or for, for Spike Lee, he was actually talking about um, filmmakers that influenced him and filmmakers when he, he went to NYU film school 
And he was talking about filmmakers and movies that influenced his work. And for Malcolm X, he, he, he uh, referenced the director, David Lean. David Lean wrote, or David Lean directed the movie Lawrence of Arabia, which is uh, like an epic movie. I think Peter O'Toole was in it, and it came out in the 60s, I think. And it's just this like epic, you know, movie about, um, it's like an epic adventure movie that is really long. And he, he talked about how he um, shot the movie and just like wanted it to have that, that feel of like a long epic movie like Lawrence of Arabia. And I think that also played into, um, into the runtime. And, you know, it's, it's really three movies in one. Yeah. Right. It's it's the the first part of the movie is the, the first third or whatever you want to call it is like young Malcolm X growing up. And um, you see him in Boston and New York and he's this like hustler. hustler. We're introduced to him and he's like, you know, trying to relax his hair. And um, he's he's you know, they do a good job makeup wise of just like making Denzel look really young. Mm-hmm. And then. Um, the middle part of the movie where he, you know, he goes to jail and his conversion to, to Islam while he's in jail and, and learning and, you know, um, and then the last part of the movie is his, um, his activist work and his the speeches that he gives and uh, him establishing this black nationalist Islamic movement in America and him eventually falling out with the nation of Islam and, you know, you see him um, take the Hajj and in Saudi Arabia and he undergoes this incredible transformation there and then comes back. And I, I, speaking of which now, as I'm saying, like the movie is really backloaded. Like they, they fit a lot of his uh, of the timeline into the last 50 minutes or so of the movie. But, yeah, you know, he's, he's playing this man in, in three different stages of his life. And he. I'll just, I mean, just to get into it now, like the acting he does in the movie is just spectacular. So he famously, he was nominated for best actor uh, for this performance and lost to Al Pacino for Sin of a Woman. And it's one of those um, historic, like people saying that, you know, the the wrong guy won. And for me, I guess let's, I, to get, I want to get your opinion on this before I talk about it. But like, what do you, what did you think of of Denzel's performance in this movie, like specifically? So I think his performance was really good because, to your point, like he's playing a person in like three very different stages of their life, um, and to see like where he starts at the beginning of the movie and where it ends. Um, like this movie is about Malcolm X's life from like the time he's like a late teenager up until his death. So it's like a significant chunk of time. Um, And so to be able to kind of like get into each of those phases of life, essentially like, um, but still have like the continuity where you're like, Oh yeah, this is believable that like you're building upon this character who has very different views from the time they start until the time of their death um and like where they sit and like kind of the different things he like wrestles with and um it's just like very impressive to watch where it's like oh wow like this is 
it'd be one thing if it were, um, you know, like a documentary that's just like going through and like showing, like having that material from those different years of his life. But for one person to just like really dig into it, um, I thought it was a very good performance. Um, I'm like, oh man, I hope he won awards for this. Again, I don't know what it was like when he came out in 92. Maybe people were like, I don't really care for this movie. I like, and I don't even think my parents were in the country when it came out. So I'm like, mm, for all we know, like <laughs> it was just like a movie that came out and people were like, that's fine. And like, didn't think about it again. I would doubt that because Denzel Washington's performance is very good. And the like climate when the movie came out probably didn't um, allow it to fly under the radar. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, I was so young when the movie came out that I don't remember. I had to like do research on the climate and everything like that. But, you know, the movie's released in late 92, in like November of 92. And in February of 92, there's the the Rodney King yeah. um, beating by police. And there's riots in LA as a, as a result of the officers who are caught on camera beating Rodney King and they're acquitted. And so, you know, some things never change, but um, there's, you know, the movie intercuts the movie starts with um, footage of the Rodney King beating, which is something that, that Spike Lee does a lot. You and I have talked about um, yeah. The Five Bloods, which um, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've, we've talked about it amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that movie is about these, you know, Black Vietnam vets. And that movie also starts with, like, you know, actual historical footage of Black soldiers in Vietnam. And throughout the movie, they, you know, intercut these different historical figures and references to different things. And this is a movie that does the same thing. And, you know, it was a really um, tense time racially in America. Again, some things never, never change, but mm-hmm. um, this movie re- was released into that climate. And, and I think that what's so interesting about this movie is the fact that Spike Lee doesn't shy away from that. He leans into it. Like he leans into it to, in, to the, to, to the extreme really. Yeah. And this is a movie that had to have been received. Um, it, it, it had no choice but to be controversial because Malcolm X in reality was a very controversial figure. Yes. And you, this movie doesn't, again, it doesn't shy away from that. It leans into it. This is a man who espoused um, on numerous times in this movie that, you know, all white people are bad, right? Like this is, yeah. a, this is a, his ideologies uh were such that um imagine you know you're you're sitting in the movie theater i'm talking about myself right or not myself but the people in my state right like if you go to see this movie 1992 and you live in rural iowa and you see malcolm x you're probably leaving the theater pretty shook um and and it's not just iowa because there's there's people who are you know there's sheltered white people all over the country so um to to release a movie like like Malcolm X into a climate of a year where there have been riots over Rodney King and just like other racial tensions in general, um, this wasn't a movie that that flew under the radar. And I, I think about now if I or I think about back then if I had been older, like how I would have received it and things like that. But yeah, this was. Um, 
I, I have to imagine that there was a lot of discussion about this movie. There's a lot of, you know, articles, think pieces about the movie and, and things like that. What, what are some of the parts of the movie specifically that, that stood out to you? I think when he is like younger and, um, you know, stealing things where he just is like, is kind of carefree. Um, not, I mean, obviously if he's stealing things, not completely carefree, you're trying to like put food on the table, but, um, there isn't like the control and like the seriousness that like he has later in the movie when, um, he is an activist when he's playing him as an activist. Um, and so like, I think that's where I'm like, Oh, like this is just such a big jump in how he's acting. And, um, I'm sure that there were just like, there's like the challenge of doing that going from being like, Oh, he like is kind of not unaware of the fact that he's black, but like, he's not all in on it in the beginning. He's just like, I'm just trying to make it. (laughs) Um, and he like him getting his hair, um, like straightened, like putting the, uh, that stuff that burns your scalp basically um, to get it relaxed. Um, I'm like, well, this is just not really what I expected. But so like that, again, that part of the movie, the first like third first half where he's just like one person. And that just like, it jumps out because it's such a stark change by the end of the movie where he's not, he, he's talking about, you know, supporting black people and all of this and being like, yeah, things are not great. Um, I think that's what like just really stands out. I think the middle part when he's like in prison and like converting to Islam, like I thought that that would be a more significant, like it would be a more standout part of the movie to me but I'm just like uh it was just like kind of there like he was like oh yeah like I'm gonna do this all right I'm here um and I I mean it doesn't again it great performance all the way through but um the the switch like to be able to go from the first half to the second half and like the severity of who this character is was just really impressive to me I don't know um what what stood out to you now that didn't like when you have seen this before? Well, one of the things that stood out to me is kind of when I, when you were talking earlier about like where some cuts could have been made, where it could have been edited for it to be shorter, like the beginning, you know, when he's young and it's the forties and he's wearing, you know, him and Spike Lee is Spike Lee is in the movie is a character named Shorty. who's a, who's a friend of Malcolm X's, but they're like wearing the crazy like zoot suits and everything like that. And they go and they're like at a, a dance and it's like a 10 minute dance sequence. And I'm like, this, like, that's the type of stuff where it's like, okay, that could have been maybe cut down a little bit more. And I'm just like, I didn't remember it being that long and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, watching it again. Um, yeah. This so much just, just jumped out to me. Um, I agree with everything you said in terms of his acting styles having to change as Malcolm grew older and as he began to take in more information and, and began to have more life experiences. 
so he you know even even his arc as a as a thief right like he starts off as this kind of like low-level guy and he's trying to um kind of find his way and kind of latch on to other people like Delroy Lindo's character. Delroy Lindo plays West Indian Archie, who's like this, you know, kind of like crime boss figure that takes Malcolm X under his wing. And so he grows with him a little bit and he sort of outgrows him where he tries to like find his own way. And he tries to pull one over on Archie and he ends up running from Archie because he tries to basically rob him. And then he goes and starts his own crew with Shorty and and the two um, these two white women that they have been involved with and this other light skinned dude that they try to like pull scams with. And when they get into that crew, like he starts to like take over as like this menacing, like he's really menacing in those uh, in those parts of the movie where he kind of comes into his own as this um, this like reckless thief character. So that part stuck stuck out to me, and then of course, just when he after his conversion in um, in prison, and he starts you know he starts preaching and he starts you know giving speeches and he's trying to draw people to to Islam and trying to you know convert Christians, convert Black Christians to um, to Islam. The thing that just sticks out to me is this: this is a man who is like completely convicted and completely believes what he believes in. He's 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 thoroughly, utterly um, convinced in his belief, and Denzel just portrays that so well. He portrays this man who has been convicted and who has had this like transformational, um, this overwhelmingly transformative experience, and it's uh, it's really like you really just can't take your eyes off of him as he's as he's talking to people and as he's giving these speeches. And I read about how how much Denzel studied Malcolm X's speech patterns and his you know his mannerisms and his his physical movements and he's just um, it it really explodes like it really explodes off the screen. Um, I'm going to tell you my favorite part of of his acting in the movie, and then maybe I'll I'll ask you what your if there's a, a specific part that you can single out. Mm-hmm. But one of my, maybe my favorite part is, well, there, there's two favorite parts. The second one I'll save for later. But the first one is um, when he meets, it's like at the midpoint of the movie, but he's he's beginning to, um, there's there's these rumors about Elijah Muhammad, right? Mm-hmm. Elijah Muhammad is the is the leader of the Nation of Islam and the, he's, you know, Malcolm X's mentor and he's this powerful figure. And Malcolm X is sort of, starting to outgain popularity of Elijah Muhammad and there's some jealousy of between the other ministers on Malcolm's level um, saying that he's, you know, he's becoming too popular or whatever. And then there starts to become these rumors that Elijah Muhammad is fathering a bunch of children out of wedlock with these young secretaries. Mm-hmm. And he has a meeting with this, with the character named Baines. Baines is the one who he met in prison. Baines is released before Malcolm is, but Baines is the one who helps, who basically converts Malcolm to Islam. And so Baines and Malcolm have this conversation about Elijah Muhammad and about, you know, um, ministers having money and things like that. And, you know, um, all of this stuff. And he's, this is the beginning of Malcolm's like disillusionment, disillusionment with the nation of Islam and the way that Denzel plays it, like he's so like hurt by it. When Bain says something to him, like, you know, 
Malcolm is just like, you know, we're telling people that we're moral leaders and we're telling people that we're um, following God's words and trying to, do, you know, we're trying to um, convert people to this religion and we're trying to be these upstanding, upstanding people. And yet we're doing all this dirt behind the scenes. And Baines is kind of just like, you know, everyone's human and, you know, it's uh, basically downplaying everything. And, and Denzel is just so disappointed in him. Like he plays it like he's so like hurt by what's happening in these revelations um, of what's going on. And I just think the acting is there's just the acting that he does is just really spectacular. So that was, that's my, that's a, a part that really jumps out to me. And there's a second one too, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a second. What, else, what kind of stuck out to you for like, in terms of like parts of the movie where you thought like, wow, this, this dude's acting is like off the charts. I agree with um, what you said in that moment where he's just like, he's disappointed and he like, you get a lot of feelings from him without him necessarily saying anything. Like you can see that um, he just like leans all the way into it. Um, I think that like, as the the movie is like coming to the end um, and when he is at, the like where where he ends up dying where he's like I have a bad feeling about this um like those that end very tense moment like again you know the movie's about to end you know like but um just in that very like tense where it's just like you can feel it in his acting that he's just like all right this is it um because there have been like there throughout the movie there are plenty of moments where they're like they're tense moments and like even when he's with like other actors um you can just like feel his feelings but i think that one just because it's like such a quick moment of like he's like kind of scared um but like goes and gets ready to speak anyway and then uh you know again spoiler alert he dies yeah that's maybe the best acting in the movie like you're so right. It's maybe it's especially considering his arc to that point where he he goes through these phases where he's like young and confident, and then he's like in jail and he's still confident. He's still brash, and he you know he goes into solitary for a while and that kind of breaks him down. But then he's quickly built back up again through being introduced to um, to Islam, and then you know he's he's he skyrockets to popularity and like he he spends so much of the movie. Um, being confident and being this leader and this figure of like strength and this figure of uh, morality and this and this this figure of um, he's like a standard bearer for the type of person that the people around him want to be. And then you get yeah. to the end of the movie, and he just plays it like there's this overwhelming sense of dread that he has because he knows that he's about to get assassinated, yeah. like he knows that, you know, he's, he's getting these death threats and he's, you know, he's being bugged by the FBI and the nation of Islam he's left. And those, you know, he's, he's, he's shifted his ideology, right. He's starting to create his own, um, his own mosques. And he, he's, you know, he's building partnerships with, you know, with white allies and with other civil, other black civil rights leaders that he had um, disparaged before. And so, um, he's, he's become a new person in a sense, 
and yet you know his family is threatened his house gets bombed and he just knows that he's at the end of his life and there's a scene at the at the very end where he's driving to the to the Audubon ballroom to give the speech that you're talking about and he's just like his face is just so blank and empty and mm-hmm. it's a part of the movie I I I think about when I, I I feel the same way as I did when I saw it when I was a kid. It's my it's the part of the movie that makes me the most uncomfortable because I know what's coming and mm-hmm. I just you know I don't want him to die you know I don't want this is you know based on historical fact that Malcolm X was was assassinated in this way in 1965 but I'm just like I don't want it to happen and um, his his ability to play that aspect of a man's life knowing that it's about to be the end of his life is just it's probably the best acting in the movie so i agree with you 100 percent on that yeah, it's just i don't know what it is about that last because again sitting through most of this i'm like okay like he's doing great um and like you can tell like whenever he is speaking like it's very much like, oh, right, like you, you are leaning all the way into this Malcolm X character and like, it's very, like, it's great. Um, but then, yeah, that last, last little bit, like, there's just like, you can feel like the dread and like, you know, it's coming, you know, he's, he knows it's coming. It just, and like, just the build up to the end of the movie, um, it's just put together really well. Um, like starting with that car scene you're talking about where he's just driving and he like, um, you, you know that there's some type of panic about to happen. What did you think? I wanted to get your opinion on um, his speeches. He gives a number of different speeches and there's basically these monologues that he gives Um you know, he he gives a speech. He starts off by preaching in the streets, and you see like there's some cameos like Al Sharpton is yeah. in there too, as like a, as a street preacher, young Al Sharpton. And um, he's you know he's he's pitching right, he's pitching Islam, he's pitching black nationalism to these black people, and he's in these like basements of community centers, and you see the numbers start to grow. Um, what did you think about his delivery, his performance uh, of giving these speeches and, and these monologues and, and watching him do that? What kind of came to mind for you when you were watching that? That's where I think that like he did a really good job of like imitating Malcolm X. Um, where I'm just like, yeah, like you obviously listened to him and like the mannerisms, not just like the speaking, but just like the general mannerisms um, while speaking. And I'm like, well, this is, this is so good. Like you, you can obviously like be this character of Malcolm X. Um, and in those like small moments where like you, you can't just rely on being like, oh yes, like I can be a good orator. Like he can also bring the feelings to it. Like he does that well also, but um, it, it is like very impressive. The, the scenes of the, the monologues, um, I think they, Like, I don't know. I don't want to be like, oh, like you just have to read. But like, it's not just like reading these words that he had said and like understanding it, but like, you know, having the right, expressing the right feelings in what you're saying as you're saying it. So I think he he does it super well. Um, and 
I mean, I enjoyed them. I'm like, oh, I would probably enjoy listening to Malcolm X speak now. Like, if we had that option, we wouldn't. But right. I was here for it. Yeah, you know, I think that there's a, there's a tradition. There's like a great tradition of like black orators. Yeah. And he is, he's certainly in the, in the lineage of that tradition. And then I think about my own history of um, growing up and, and attending church. I'm not Muslim. But growing up attending, you know, black Christian churches and hearing, you know, preachers and the feeling and the emphasis and the, and the power and again, the, the conviction that they have. And he's he's 100 percent in that lineage as well. And um, it's it's I thought it was great to see the the differences and the nuances between him speaking to large crowds versus speaking mm. in more intimate settings like, you know, he, he he's. He gives that speech in um, in Harlem, and he's talking about how um, prostitution in Harlem and, and politicians coming to Harlem are all sent by like you know these white people with evil intentions. And he's projecting, and he's he's speaking loudly, and you know the crowd he's feeding off of the crowd, and the crowd is feed, feeding off him. And he has a couple of different speeches like that. He, he speaks in, in a large, like, it looks like almost like a high school gym. And there's like hundreds of, of um, members of the Nation of Islam there. And he's like introducing Elijah Muhammad. And so he has those settings. And then he also has like the more intimate, you know, the interviews on yeah. like a talk show. Right. And it's like him and one other guest and the talk show host. And he's, he's espousing these same ideologies, but he's doing it in a more direct clear you know his his volume is lower his tone is lower but he's more like precise with what he's saying and he he gives like a, a speech or he gives a lecture to um it's probably i'm guessing it's meant to be harvard because he's, he's he's talking to like a bunch of white students and he's talking to them about how he used to you know he used to gamble over here uh, he used to you know run numbers over here he used to do drugs over here like in boston and yeah. so he's, you know, his, his ability to communicate to groups of people that vary in size and he has to change his communication style, but both are effective. Like all ways that he, he's able to communicate to groups of people are really incisive and really direct and really efficient and really um, powerful. So I think that, uh, again, he, like Denzel would have had to have studied Malcolm X in large group, you know, giving speeches to larger groups in the hundreds and also study him um his his talk show appearances and his you know small speeches as well yeah 100 percent um otherwise like i don't know if he would have necessarily like picked up those like very small changes in how he's communicating um and like as you were talking about that i was thinking because like again denzel does a great job of like doing those speeches and um the way Malcolm X did but you know in like the beginning of the movie where his teacher is like you can't be a lawyer um right because he's black right and it's like well if he had become a lawyer one would he have been assassinated but like would he also have gotten to a place where he was like as influential and like because of the way he his communication style is very like to me I think of a lawyer like that's what I think of like how they would be changing um how they're communicating based on who they're speaking to because it's just like a lot of reading the room 
Um, and he did that. So if he also had like the formal quote unquote training of being a lawyer, like, would it be, how would that factor in? Yeah. Some of the, we haven't talked about this, but like, yeah, some of his, his history, the context in which he himself grew up, like, right. With, you know, it's, it's so, um, it was very familiar looking at those things where he's, he's one of the only black kids or he's the only black kid in his class. And his white teacher tells him, you know, we like you here, but you can't, you know, um, you can't do that. Right. You can't, uh, it's just, it's so, it's, it's less overt now, right? Like my, your, your white teacher now, you know, more than likely isn't going to tell you, you know, you know, we know you're the only black kid in class, but you know, you're a nigger. So you can't be, you can't be a lawyer. You can't be a CEO or whatever, but maybe be a carpenter, right? Like it's not as overt now, Yeah. but it certainly still exists in the education system where, you know, you're the, the people who are in authority positions are, are, um, are suppressing your ambitions in subtle ways. And so like that informs him, right? That informs the way he grows up. He grows up and you see their stuff intercut with um, his dad, his, his parents and, you know, KKK bombing his house and stuff like that. Like that's the context that, that he grows up in. And so all of that informs his ideology and, and the way that that's really cut together, cut together throughout the movie is, um, is really effective, I think. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and especially like when his own house is bombed and like it goes back and forth and it's so similar. I wanted to, I wanted to talk really quick about, um, it doesn't have to be really quick, but I, I wanted to talk about, this is the second, my second part that I was missing earlier, but I wanted to talk about Angela Bassett's performance really quick. So good. Um, yeah, she's that, my my second favorite part was well. Let me. I'll ask you. Why don't you? What What did you think of of Angela Bassett's performance in this movie? Well, first I'm like, wow, she looks exactly the same. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, um, I don't know if there's like a lot of movies I've seen with her in it. Of course, Black Panther because I'm a millennial. But um, I'm just like, man, this is. This is like looking at the same person. It is, but like literally she looks the same. Um, and second, um, I thought that she did so well. Like as I was watching this and I'm like, wow, Denzel's doing so well, but Angela Bassett is also doing phenomenally well. Um, and she's like playing a very complex character that I'm like, yeah, you have to have like, she's kind of just not necessarily playing second fiddle but like playing second fiddle like the movie is not about like their relationship necessarily it's not really but like it is about the story of Malcolm X and I felt like whenever she was like in a scene with Denzel like they both just like were very their on-screen chemistry was very good but like they also just like command you to pay attention (laughs) to like what they're saying especially her like I I thought she did very well I don't know. What did you think? I agree with everything you said. Like they both had such command of the screen. And the part that I was referencing is where, you know, she's the one who's basically telling him like, you need to wake up. 
right? Like you're being naive when when it talks about um, talking about the rumors surrounding Elijah Muhammad and him having these, you know, extramarital affairs and um, all the people, um, you know, there are other ministers who are in his same position as Malcolm X, but they have like, they're a lot wealthier and they have more access to things and they're still, you know, they're kind of living in this, in the same, um, you know, not bad conditions, but like relative to their peers, like their peers are, you know, they're not as talented as Malcolm X is, but they're living better than, than they are. And so, you know, she's trying to get him to see the scheming and the, and the backbiting that's going on around him and he can't really see it. And so they have this argument in their house and they're like going from room to room and they start, she's just like, we've never, have we ever had a fight ever? And he's like, never. And he's like, she's like, well, we're going to have one tonight. We're going to have one now. And they like, it's, it's almost like a play watching them move from room to room and having this dialogue with each other. And as amazing and as powerful as Denzel is in this movie, like Angela Bassett goes toe to toe with him. Mm-hmm. Like in every scene and especially in that scene, like she's just, she doesn't back down from him. And I'm not talking about just like the, the argument that they have or the lines that they have, but just like the acting style and the presence and the power. Like she's just, she is his equal in every way. And it was just like really amazing to, to see their back and forth. So she's just incredible in the movie. I wish she was in it more. I was like, knowing that she was in it, like for the first half of the movie, again, I, I'm kind of dumb. I didn't know what was happening. I was like, where's Angela Bassett? That's what I signed up for. Like, obviously Denzel Washington, but like, really, I signed up to see Angela Bassett also. Right. <laughs> and for so sure. It took so long for her to come in. I was like, man, what a ripoff. She's just amazing. And she's not, I agree. I, I wish that she was in the movie more. And I think that overall, the legacy of this movie is, is you know, Denzel's performance and, you know, the the controversy around the movie and everything like that. But like, this is, the legacy of the movie is is how good Denzel is in is in yeah. it, but like it also needs to be how good Angela Bassett is in it, because she's just phenomenal as as Betty Shabazz as um, Malcolm X's wife. Agreed. Um, yeah, there. Every scene she's in is great, and I'm like, man, I wish she was come back, come back and be in this next thing. Um, and and. A lot of it's like very tense when she's in it, especially towards the end when, you know, people are bombing their house. Um, but she still just is in so much control and it's so great. It really is. Um, I wanted to talk about the the last major thing that I really wanted to talk about with this movie is um, his, his, his pilgrimage, his, his taking the Hajj. Yeah. And um, participating in that. And he talks about how it's the it's a, a pilgrimage that every Muslim um, should take in their lives and everything like that. Like, what did you what did you think about that section of the movie? It's about 20 minutes long, maybe 15 minutes long. But like, what do you what do you think about that? Yeah. that So I really like I enjoy that. And that I think my expectation I shouldn't have come with any expectations. Like I thought by not even like reading anything about it it would help with the expectations of the movie. I thought that would be a bigger part of the movie um, considering how long the movie is. I'm like, Oh, like this, this pilgrimage is going to be like a big thing. And like, it was good. And I liked it. Like I thought it was 
a very like entertaining part of the movie and like obviously it's a big part of like his story um and that you know like how the you said like the dancing scene could be cut down yeah cut down the dancing scene and if you're gonna like continue to make this a long movie like um just more about the the pilgrimage and like some of the like interactions he had with other people and maybe like that wasn't like a huge part because I know the movie was based on the book um that came out but I was so like man like from what I understand like I I don't know I don't know a lot about Islam like I'm not Muslim um but I'm like isn't this like a big thing to like go on this pilgrimage and go back and like and when he sees all these different people he sees like various people from around the world are doing it like there's no one like standard looking person who's part of Islam. So um, I was like, oh, that'd be great to just like understand more of that. But I, again, I don't know if that was like a huge part of the book. Um, did you have some thoughts on that part of the movie? Yeah, I really loved it. I, I agree with what you said about maybe cutting down some of the dance sequences in the, the dance sequence in the beginning and like, give us more of the highs. Um, also, I'm not Muslim, um, but as someone who um, is Christian and who is, um, who is really captivated by that sort of religious journey that people yeah. have and, um, you know, just the ability to, to go overseas, to go to the Middle East and to, um, I don't know a lot about the highs, but I know that it's something that's very important to, um, people who, who practice Islam and for him to have that sort of experience. I, I went to a church in Paris once I went to the Sacre Coeur in, in Paris and I, you know, not to compare this to the highs, obviously, but like to, to see people in, I saw people in the church of like different races and um, speaking different languages and praying and stuff like that. And that was a really powerful experience for me to have. And so I can only imagine what that would be like for someone um, who is, um, Muslim and, and someone, especially in the context of like a black man in the sixties yeah. who all you know is like the racial oppression of America. And then to go to, um, and, and, and to use, to use Islam as a, as a, as a way out of that, as a, as a way to mitigate those circumstances and as a, as a way to free yourself from, um, the overwhelming oppression of, of racism in America and then to go overseas and see other people practicing Islam who are black, who are Middle Eastern, who are white, who are European, who are whatever. And, you know, I, I was reading about Malcolm X and about how, when he did that for real, when he took the, um, when he took the Hajj and he came back and was like, you know, Islam is the way that we can solve racism. Right. Like I saw, white people like all my life I thought that all white people were evil but then I saw white people practicing Islam with me and I was you know I saw them as brothers and everything like that so like that's how that's how we can fix it in America basically right yeah and he came back saying that you know I'm still trying to uplift black people but like I think that there is a way in for there's a way a path forward where we can join with some white people to, to try to fix this um so just to see the the impact that that had on him and then to see like Denzel doing it and um, like they actually filmed in Mecca and I was reading about how they had to send a second unit to film that because um, only Muslim people are allowed in the city. 
So Spike Lee couldn't be there, but they had to send other people there to, to shoot that part of the movie. And to see, you know, Denzel practicing, you know, doing the prayer and, you know, just participating in it and everything like that, which, which made me think like, well, how come they let Denzel do it? Because he's not Muslim, but like, um, but still it was, it was really, um, that part of the movie I, I really liked. I liked um, seeing people um, undergo these like religious transformations like that. So that part was really dope to me. Yeah, it was, it was a really like interesting part of the movie. I think that his, that just part of his journey in life, like I'm very intrigued by it. Um, Even more so after knowing that like his father was a pastor. Um, I'm just like, wow, like, how do you get here? Um, And it being in prison, like that part's not like super, I feel like people find religion in prison regularly right like i feel like that's something that <laughs> yeah it's definitely a thing which like makes sense so um and for him to just completely change his life it's like well like i want to know like and for him again you see that change from him being like well i'm like just here for black people and then to be like no like we can like come together um but like the kind of strain that caused with some of the, the people who had an interest in what he was doing. Um, Like, it's so interesting. So I'm like, well, I want to know, like, obviously he didn't just see them and he was like, wow, like these people that look different than me also like practice Islam, but like was also probably, he probably had like very um, like intentional conversation to use that, you know, youth group language, intentional conversations with them um, to just like understand their point of view and just like, their like walk in life yeah that would have been a really interesting and like really cool part of the movie to see if that had happened if we if we had gotten the scene with him yeah. and like people from like three different countries and like their their ability to like communicate with each other or you know um their ability to learn from each other i think that from a directing standpoint spike lee is just like you know this movie's about Malcolm and we want to keep it from his point of view for as much as possible but at the same time like it could have been you know to get that information and to see him absorb the life experiences and the the dialogues that he would have from other people I think would have been really cool but agreed um, just a just a, a really great part of the movie um any other thoughts before we wrap up on the on the movie and on Denzel's performance um what were your, I guess, what's your, what's your big takeaway? Um, my big takeaway is I should probably watch more movies with Denzel Washington in it. My second takeaway is I should probably uh, figure out what movies have black people in them. And my overall just like grading of the movie, like I think it's the storytelling is great. I think it's A plus. Uh, the run length, D plus, too long. like i'm like oh i got up like twice during it i was like i can't imagine seeing and like folks hamilton went on to disney plus this weekend also so like that's that's long too isn't it so long (laughs) i haven't watched it yet but they i read that there is like a there's a break scheduled in it where you can like pause it and like go and do other things and um I, I hope that it's true because Hamilton's super long, but I'm just like, man, why didn't this get scheduled into this movie? You go see a Bollywood movie, 
they have like an intermission. It doesn't like in the movie theater, like, great, I can go get more snacks, I can go pee. Um, this movie doesn't have it. So I'm like, come on now. If you're gonna tell a story and it's gonna be this long, please let there be a break. I gotta stand up. Um and I I think Denzel, 10 out of 10 in the movie, I think. Um it's a really good movie that kind of people when people think about like his career it's an amazing movie to think about his career because he is playing the same character, but like, it is not the same character. Um, he evolves so much throughout the movie that he is playing several characters. So I think that, um, it just speaks to like his talent as an actor. And yeah, I think those are my, my big thoughts of the movie. Um, and I'll probably watch the Malcolm X, uh i think it's just like a show on netflix i think it's who killed malcolm x like because i'm very interested in like learning more about this um oddly you don't learn about malcolm x in an american history class i just don't i don't understand um very curious <laughs> yeah Quite curious. I, like something seems off um especially when it got to like the end of his life and he was very much like we should all work together to stop the bad it's just like, what? Why aren't we learning about this man? But that's neither here nor there. This is not a, a political podcast. I don't, it might be, I don't know. Um, what, what were your big takeaways? Not yet, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it's just um, an all-time performance, like an all-time acting performance from someone that should have been recognized correctly. Yes. It should have been recognized with an Oscar, but... Um, this is what I think about when I think of Denzel is his performance in this movie. And I've, I, I've seen a lot of Denzel movies. Um, he was, he's played other historical figures. He played Steve Biko and, and cry freedom. Um, which is a movie I haven't, I watched in high school and, um, was really moved by, but this is the one, like, this is his, you know, um, this is him at the height of his powers. And, um, you know, he was in he was in movies that like made more money than this, and he was in movies that were like more quote unquote popular than this. But this is the movie where he uses he like maximizes all of his talents, mm-hmm. and um, to play a figure like Malcolm X, who was just so important in in civil rights history and um, was a black revolutionary and who um, was completely um, and utterly devoted to uplifting black people you know I, I my son is named after malcolm x so um it's a it's an important movie to me it's a, an important performance to me and um it's something that i recommend people watch it'll probably make you uncomfortable in a lot of spots it'll probably make you think in a lot of spots um but it's just it's an incredible incredible film and an incredible performance um, do you want to talk about what we're going to do, which movie we're doing next week? Yes. So to keep on our black performances, um, it will be from Hidden Figures, um, Janelle Monae, um, who really, we could just talk about every movie she's in because she's just amazing. But we're going to talk about Hidden Figures because NASA's neat. Um, but we look forward to talking about that. We will talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. And yeah. See you next week. Thank you for listening.